sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you stop. like. What a stop! Just from Ben! Oh! Oh! Jordan Ben! Yes! Jordan Henderson! I mean, that sort of stuff, we're, it's been, we're, be we're bigger than that. That interview is just like the performance, flat. No. What, what do you want him to do? Just fall at Gabriel's feet crying? I mean, well, he's, he's, say something. We, we were doing what we'd done for 20 years, relaxing a nervous studio guest in the same way that you would in, in these conditions, um, and thought no more of it. Fire it up, fire it up. When we finally turn it All right, welcome along to the Friday Football Podcast. We're back to uh, Full House. Joe Gilroy, good afternoon. How are you? Dave McIntyre. Hello. And Nathan Murphy. How's it going? Going good. Uh, all of you back from your holidays, so uh, we can get through a full fixture list. He's had a lot of so. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a good time? A lot of bitterness. Thanks very much for reminding the, the ship while we were away. Yeah. We were on no so. holidays. Through such choppy waters. Seven Dave had to go for a pint last night to try and just, just to unwind console right? ourselves a little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's Chaos why you're both your today. We, we, should, we that's just every the, day. The good ship news talking off the ball through the whole David Moy saga. Yeah, I know, that's why the uh, relationship fell off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody watching Ryan Giggs earlier today? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see it, so tell me about it. He seemed happy enough. He was. He's delighted. Um, he yeah. was. Uh, life's he couldn't, with he a couldn't hide it. Do you know, he said he was sorry to see David go. I'm did sure he say that? Did he? I don't. Well, he didn't he actually. That, that was really it the point that he didn't say that. To him that he had gone. There's a big difference. Cannot he said true. thanks to David for giving me the opportunity to become a coach. <laughs> I.e. Snigger, snigger, snigger. Yeah. I can't oh, believe yeah. he set himself up in such a stupid way. Yeah. Uh, sure, I, I, I was his biggest enemy. I couldn't believe how happy Ryan Giggs was. This should be well. Firstly, I thought he got the tone of it completely wrong. Manchester United are seventh in the table. They're having their worst season in a couple of decades. He is partly responsible it's for all, Ryan Giggs, it, but he's sitting there as if they're top of the league, twenty points clear. He couldn't hide his delight it's that always, David Moyes was gone. It's always darkest just before the dawn, Nathan, as the uh, song will tell you. The morning, so therefore, the, mor the dawn is broken. The mm. dawn of the class of 92. It's a brand new era ushered in. Ryan Giggs is going to be the manager. Well, he won't be. Why? And none of his mates will be beside him either. Wait, I, I have a very strong you know, I feeling. I know, I heard you peddling this theory on off the ball last this night. This is going to happen. Is this your, the Middle East or, billions are going to come in as well? Is this, is this the same the theory as billions. before? I mean, if that happens, then that's the best conspiracy theory of all time made manifest in a way that no one could ever have predicted except Barry Glendening who wrote the thing in The Guardian a couple of weeks ago. I don't see... I, I can actually see a situation... Loads of big clubs have picked legendary players and thrust them into the limelight. Now, frequently there's a... Oh, they made them do a year in the reserves first and... But that that's kind of irrelevant. Giggs can say he's been the coach for the year. He's 40, you know... The problem is, if somebody else does come in, they pretty much set out their stall this morning and said, we run this town. And how does anybody, commit? whoever comes in, you is going to, to face him. the exact same yeah. problem of gigs, but Gary Neville, all on the sidelines, just See, picking I disagree. away at them. Phil Neville and Skull, I don't think that uh, Gary, well, Gary Neville as well. But party, Phil, yeah, if it's somebody like Louis van Hal, for example, he will come in and Giggs will be his number two and he'll say to but Neville and Skull, right, you lads are gone. Don't want to see you boys around here. I run this show and we're grooming this guy to be the manager when I leave. I don't think if a why big would, name comes in... Why would Lewis van Gaal take a job where he, the guy who's going to replace him is in the room at all times? Why would anybody do that? If you're, if you're the egotistical 
egomaniac that Lewis Van Hal is, uh, and because you have that, the ego to deal with that situation, you you will not fear Ryan Giggs. Well, I mean, mm. like people could have. Why am I not a mic from there? Hello, there we go. Uh, people could have said the same thing about when Moyes came in about uh, about Giggs. He yeah, could have easily gone in and gone. Listen, buddy, he should have. Sorry, you are gone. Yeah, but then you know, so you can look at it the other side that people said, look. He's better off to have this guy by his side. Best thing he can do is bring him into the coaching staff. Not true. It turns out. Ryan it Giggs turns out. Stabbed him in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Well, Giggs, in what way? Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we should have been aware. Maybe we should have been aware of Giggs. Sort in of what way has he stabbed him in the back? But, uh, sorry. Constantly, there were briefings coming from senior, well-connected sources within Manchester United. I'm not suggesting that was Ryan Giggs. Mm. However, it was always pro Ryan Giggs. So it was the friends of Giggs all saying that Giggs isn't being involved enough. He's being sidelined in the coaching. He's incredibly frustrated. David Moyes is not doing a good job. At no point did Ryan Giggs come out in the media and say, David Moyes is the man and we all back him. And the class of 92 are desperate to get this team back to where they... What about that genuine press conference they did together before the Olympiacos game? where they looked to be best buds as they dismissed any talk of a rift within the squad. Ah, yeah, the same day that the photographer was allowed in to see them all laughing and Moyes on, on like basically getting a piggyback from Wayne Rooney, yes, which we exactly. all know is completely staged. Banter. A, a couple Banter. of days before, as was discussed on the football show on Wednesday night, that some, some in question marks, uh, one player... Uh, in quotation marks said on the bench that uh, about David Moyes would just send him off referee because we'd be better off without him Yeah, and there are two or and three we, we prize went, candidates we went through the bench and it turns out very few English speakers mm. uh, Ryan Giggs was definitely one of them on the bench when that doesn't was strike me as a sort of happy family situation those boys were spinning against him from day one they yeah, didn't like him they didn't like the fact that he wasn't one of them they didn't like the fact that he wasn't a Champions League winner and he had no chance Rennie Muhlenstein has been uh, talking this week about uh, David Moyes saying that Moyes ignored the advice that was given to him by experienced United staff uh, that Muhlenstein himself advised him that it was like moving from a yacht to a cruise liner but Moyes didn't listen to me Um, he said that uh, Moyes opted to put his own plans in place which he was perfectly entitled to do but I think it backfired on him like I mean you know again the flip side of that is what happens he doesn't put his own plans in place and he runs with the Fergie template and everyone says this guy hasn't a clue what he's doing he's just piggybacking on Fergie well he did come in seemingly with a belief that whatever worked for him at Everton could be replicated 100% at Manchester United well, and of that course is he a has terribly to have, like, naive yeah, and innocent but, way but of looking at he's, the world. he's achieved success by this method at a previous club so is he going to is he going to completely throw that out the window no not completely but so, he stuck to it rigidly same guy same way of playing mm-hmm. same tempo to the football same way of dealing with people and it just was never going to work. Setting them up not to be beaten, whereas Ryan Giggs said in the press conference this morning that the Manchester United philosophy is exciting football. My philosophy will be exciting football. Knew exactly what to say, where David Moyes clearly had not a clue what he was supposed it's to be It's also saying. bollocks. It is also the notion that that's how Manchester United always yes. play football is absolutely clinically insane. Under Alex Ferguson, when they went to five in midfield for four years in European football, they were happy to grind out nil-nils away from home. And the notion that they were a swashbuckling team is purely founded on the team that wins the treble and the fact that they had two brilliant wingers for long periods. But after that... I still think there was always a time in the last 15 minutes of a game if United were losing, or even if it was level, that they threw absolutely everything at it, which didn't happen under David Moyes. And maybe that's not even a style. Exactly. That's just players' motivation that they've no fear... And they go out and throw everything into it. Whereas under Moyes, it was just the same. Like the 80 crosses or 90 crosses they used to have in a match and all these yeah. terrible, terrible tactics. So I, Look, I think that Ryan Giggs is probably going to do enough to get the job. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I, def, I definitely would not be surprised if Ryan Giggs, it turns out. Because you listen to the transfer rumours are all, oh, we're going to buy this, this, this and this. It's like, well, 
Who's the overarching football brain directing people down the road to sign Fergie. Luke, Luke Shaw or maybe it is Ferguson. Mm. Is that going to be the biggest problem though this Manchester United way which Gary Neville goes on about constantly again over the last couple of weeks this isn't the way Manchester United play football that if Giggs if this class of 92 all go in and go well this is how we used to do it you have to do it as well where they, they don't have the players to implement that philosophy or implement those tactics yeah. that if they just go with this Manchester United imaginary Manchester United way it's just I, not going to work I have to apologise to the person on Twitter who uh, tweeted me a picture a screen grab of the team that beats Arsenal 8-2 but it did have Ashley Young Tom Cleverley Anderson Carrick uh, and a bunch of other chumps basically uh, and they beat Arsenal 8-2 so maybe maybe a lot changes with Ryan Giggs maybe that whole sense of us not trying uh, these world class players not trying they start trying the improvement is massive it's exponential as opposed to yeah, a couple of percent the, uh, that's the 5.30 game by the way the visit of Norwich to Old Trafford uh, Ryan Giggs first game in charge to Norwich. it's a disaster for Norwich <laughs> an absolute disaster well, they need they, Moyes yeah. to be sacked a yeah. week later uh, so I presume it's a round table of home support here for the, yeah. for the home team it, it is a definite how many yeah um, by the way, just to let listeners know that uh, last week, because people obviously spent a lot of time investing in how we predict the these league games table going to go. Yeah. yeah, the league table, which by the way has been overall league table, which is kind of forgotten about three weeks in, uh, because it just came too uh, became too messy. But uh, last week we had Colm, Dave, and myself here, and bringing up the table, there was nine predictions given. Bringing up the table with two was Colm. Dave, you weren't much better. You had three. Hey, I'm I'm very much in the David Moy school of thinking here. That's yet another week where I've managed to avoid the wooden spoon. Yeah, yeah. And I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted with that. Do and not get beat. Triple crown. We'd have taken a dragon card <laughs> with five. It was yeah. Like in fairness, it's kind of slightly skewed by the fact that Sunderland beat Chelsea. Obviously, that's kind well, of that's one point, one and everybody point. would have gone to. It yeah, just looks good for myself and Jer. We're kind of the Liverpool at this stage of the season. That even when we don't play, results are going on our favour. <laughs> well, I would have got six yeah. with that result. I would have got six out of nine. That's I can. I'll take with that. What results? I'll ta- if if, if Chelsea, had, yeah, whatever. Um, let's move on to Sunday uh, to the big game. Obviously, it's a five past two and it's live on off the ball. Get the plug in. Nathan will be there with uh, Stephen Reid. And I mean the no pressure, Nathan. Just the biggest game of your life. <laughs> the entire it's first, biggest- first time doing commentary on. <laughs> At Anfield, not a bad game to start no, with. No, don't just don't let the occasion get the better of you. <laughs> these, are, these are the sort of games you dream about when you're a kid, playing on the streets, standing in front of a mirror with a uh, microphone. Play the commentary, Nathan. Not the occasion. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Sage words from an experienced commentator. I'm just worried about the. You know, when you're at Anfield in our commentary position, the lady who sits to our right, who it's, listeners are probably yeah. very familiar with, because she's a season ticket holder. She sits in that seat, and you hear her constantly throughout every single. Well, the great thing about her, her is that her husband brings three bags of sweets to every game. And offers it to us and our co-commentator. No, no way. This is the kind of, yeah, jellies. Um, these toffees like that. If you have any fillings in your mouth, oh, yeah. they will be gone after that. And there's usually some sort of a chewy thing as well, like a like an opal fruit type confe- piece of confectionery. Are they nice? Yeah, some of the jellies are fabulous. And so he basically just pours them over our desk. So it'll be myself and Kevin or myself and Keith or whoever it is. You'll be with Stephen this Sunday and you just gobble them all up. And it's one of the first things he does when he gets there. All right, lads, what sweets do you want today? And he just pours them all over your desk. You're not worried so that they're laced with something, are you? I mean, the- well, I've guzzled plenty of them at this stage. I've been <laughs> in Anfield for four or five times this season. Are you trying to suggest that this is that a reason that they're not laced with something? Uh, you haven't had the shit yet. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So enjoy that. It's just part of the Liverpool experience. Was it at Anfield? Was it last? Was it two weeks ago? 
I think it was you, Dave, and somebody behind you, pretty directly behind you, said, referee, he's a bollocks! And uh, it, it just yeah. happened as the thing went silent, and a couple of seconds later you went, uh, apologies if you've managed to pick up the <laughs> yeah. irate fan sitting on my shoulder. Well, that I, happens I, regularly. I, I had an unfortunate incident with uh, Keith Andrews at Craven Cottage where it all went very quiet, and he was like, oh, the fans around here are very soft. <laughs> <laughs> and again at Craven Cottage, you were sitting directly in, in front of the Fulham supporters. <laughs> I remember 2-2 Man City, Liverpool, two seasons ago. Martin Skirtle, last minute, back pass straight to Carlos Tevez, he gets the equaliser. The abuse that was roared at Martin Skirtle, all of it was picked up on my microphone. I didn't know what to say. You're right in the thick of it. But look, they're happy out these days around those parts. So, so yeah, be okay. we need a commentary outtakes and abuse. Yes. We'll have to start logging those. That's, that's next, season's, next season's work. Uh, obviously, a lot of discussion this week has been Jose saying that he's, yeah, he's not 100% sure what sort of team he's going to feel, but it does obviously deflect from the idea that no matter what team he puts out there is... Whatever way he's been there, it's going to be a weakened team. So people aren't discussing. Actually, well, well, it's going to the be weakened because today. it's going to be weakened because no matter like whatever team he puts out, it's not going to be John Terry. And it's not going to be Petr Cech. It'll be a weakened side. Any t- Chelsea that doesn't have those two tip players in their starting eleven will be lesser mm. for it. Yeah, but, but it's not going to be a second string side no, and by that's any a, manner no. of means. It's just I'm, a, I'm going to name you yes. the Chelsea that's team. That's exactly right my now. point. Mark just like Jose used to do before Champions League Back for Aspilicueta. Cahill, Ivanovic, Cole, midfield, Matic and Mikel. In front of them, Lampard, Shurla and Oscar and then Dembaba up front. Cut up for Louise, obviously, instead of Ivanovic would be one well, sort Ivanovic of crazy, was, crazy option. Ivanovic was suspended on Wednesday night, so mm. you presume he's fit enough. And like the thing, the, the key thing for this game is that w- in ter- there will certainly be strength in the Chelsea eleven. but where is the motivation to win this game coming from? They can still win the league. They can't win the league. They can. They can't. Like they, they absolutely can't get to this point of the season. And like this is this was actually my point at the very top that there is no way Jose Mourinho is not going to pick his strongest available eleven because there's no way you get to this point of the season and go ah sure you know what we're just going to focus on the Champions. No, league. I think he will pick his strongest available eleven. Yeah. I just don't know are there are they do they believe they can win the title? Because yes. They, well, they need Liverpool to be beaten by them on Sunday and then to drop further points before the end of the season. If I mean, Liverpool do lose on Sunday, though, anything could happen over the last couple that's of games. The thing. Their you confidence suddenly, is just shot. You have the opportunity to go brutalise them in front of their home fans where they've been absolutely unstoppable apart from that one game all season. And suddenly, they're like, oh, we actually need to win games to win the league. And it's, it's guaranteed to go to the last day of the season. And knowing that even if they win those games, they won't win the league. I mean, their goal difference is inferior to Manchester City's at the moment. Yeah, but couldn't... Well, Man City will win the title if Chelsea win on Sunday if City win the rest of their games yeah I, I don't think it's a guarantee that City are going to win the rest of their games either they well I know they have to go to Goodison for, for starters but and also Palace isn't the gimme so do you, so you think t- this Chelsea team will go there and be very up for this really game really go to win this game I think that they I think that Jose for all his talk about uh, wanted to put one over on Man City hates Liverpool for what they did to him in the Champions I think League that's twice. Big, I think that's like like actually one of the big sort of stories that has, uh, hasn't has been spoken about overly this season is the fact that Jose always gets into these wars with everyone else around him. But because this guy is presumably some description of a friend of his, Brendan Rodgers, he doesn't want to go through the media and do his usual sort of stuff. Didn't he? Didn't there, there was some shit between the two of them the last time? There's been a distinct lack of overall shit, I would suggest. There might he have been give, a couple of barbs here and there, but there's his, definitely uh, been not... In his press conference this morning. Definitely hasn't been the, the, the sort of Wenger stuff or the Fergie would stuff of all. Would you not prefer to Rodgers win the title instead of Pellegrini? This is, this is what I'm saying, that ultimately there's been a lack of any yeah. sort of nonsense coming from Mourinho and Rodgers and it must be eating him up, must be eating him I don't up, know so. what matters I don't think anything matters because when this game kicks off 
it could be over after half an hour if Liverpool yeah. play like they played against mm. City. And the problem for Chelsea is, as we've said, it's not a weakened team. It's the fact that they're missing the best goalkeeper in the league. Yeah. They're missing their inspirational leader and they're missing their best player in Eden Hazard. And so, they were terrible at, uh, have to, last weekend against Sunderland. Chelsea were shocking at defending a lot of a lot of corners. And so it doesn't bode all that well when you were that bad with John Terry and Petr Cech. Aren't they always crap before the European game but good after it? Yes, the record but this one is both this is before a European before. game as well. That's <laughs> 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 true. Yeah, but for yeah, okay. Um, I so. still think Liverpool are going to win. I hope they do, but uh, I just am very uncertain about it. So that's my prediction. If they win on Sunday, are they de facto champions? I think a six-point lead over Man City at that point of the season. If Liverpool were to win and City somehow to lose, which, as Ger correctly says, is not an entirely improbable uh, scenario against uh, Palace, then we're talking done and dusted. It would mean that City, at best, City could do would tie Liverpool on eighty-three points if Liverpool are to beat Palace and Newcastle in their uh, final two games, and then it comes down to goal difference. Yeah, it, but basically, if Liverpool win and they could have won the title before they play again because they don't play till Monday week but City would have to drop points in both of yeah. their matches Newcastle but one of those is away Palace. to Everton on Saturday week uh, but look if Liverpool win it's it's incredibly hard not to see them getting four yeah. points from Crystal Palace away and Newcastle, Newcastle at home, at home. Yeah. on the last day of the season needing to win the title What was it that Marino said about Wenger the congenital loser was that the phrase earlier in the season he was something some sort of a loser anyway and addicted to losing about two it's for those Fager. reasons that I think Jose is absolutely going to Specialist this weekend yeah, yeah. Specialist Specialist said, yeah. with uh, the idea it's of bad when none of us can actually remember his <laughs> most memorable <laughs> phrase of the season congenital loser I think that's a new sort of medical condition <laughs> uh, Liverpool for me Liverpool yeah Liverpool did Dunphy call McCarthy a congenital loser? Was that wasn't there? Ah, uh, was that the one? See, I knew I'd got it from some wise mind of football. A boil on the arse of humanity, and uh, also a congenital loser. What? I think, McCarthy? Pretty sure. I mean, I, apologies to you know anybody if I get that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's it's grand. Nobody's listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, are you, did you all go for Liverpool wins? Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. Hmm. But definitely tune in because it's still going to be a really exciting game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Where are we going next? Well, what, what, what did you, you go going? for? I Liverpool win, I said. All right, just okay. completely battling out of that one. I said um, it at the start. Sat in the fence the, a little the bit other uh, match uh, on Sunday is the ten past four game: Crystal Palace up against uh, Manchester City, and the praise being heaped on Tony Pulis is the sort of three, the constant theme of Crystal Palace's uh, season of late: thirty-nine points from twenty-six games, They've five wins in a row, conceded three goals in their last seven matches. I was including against Everton and Chelsea, both of whom they beat. So on the face of things, we sit here and we go, well, sure Manchester City are going to win at Harris Park this Sunday, but there is a strong degree of evidence to suggest that Palace can at least get something out of this one. Again, I think it all depends what happens in the Liverpool match. If Liverpool were to drop points, Manchester City will win this game 100%. If Liverpool win... City's heads might just drop and start thinking it's all over and spoke about Sergio Aguero before start thinking well, actually yeah. going down here to Crystal Palace these lads might try and kick the crap out of me maybe I'll just avoid them and avoid any contact whatsoever and wind things down between now and the end of the season so speaking of which sorry the World Cup you see the Brazilian manager has decided you 10 you're grand don't worry about the rest of the season and named off 10 players obviously Neymar is one of them but 
There was a bunch of others, including Ramirez, William. Four Chelsea players who he was hoping that uh, Atletico Madrid might win the Champions League semi-final, so they'll be more rested between now and the end of the season. <laughs> Which is weird, isn't it? What a disaster I, for the club manager. Your exactly. international manager is telling them just to calm down, relax, yeah. you're in. So, I mean, on, on that point, maybe, um, suddenly you look at Chelsea going, oh, how many of the Brazilians are going to play? Oscar? Well, Oscar. Ramirez is suspended anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, William, William Oscar, probably won't be played. Yeah, William is the most likely to be rested, I think. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry, yeah, City. Uh, City Palace and the possibility the Palace might get something out of this one I think this is the most difficult game of the weekend to predict because Palace are 100% safe they're on this roll and do they stop and they go and have parties and think this is great Let's no Tony Pillis is the manager he's never going to accept that does it often is it the choice of a manager whether he's going to accept that or not I just wonder will this I watched this Chelsea game and the ravenous hunger with which Palace approached that match right to the final whistle every tackle was just mm. like it was the last tackle of the, these players careers now that you're safe because they were so desperate for the points will that still be there to the same at the same level you wouldn't be surprised if they finished 8th this season if they win this game like because the teams above, above them, Newcastle teams above them were Newcastle two points above them and then Southampton are five points above them but Southampton I think have a few tricky games obviously Stoke are on a great and run and completely flatlined as well yeah mm. even at home so like imagine if they finished eighth it's one of the greatest managerial achievements yeah. in the he history could, well, of he football could, if, if Rodgers wins the title obviously he will get that going Graham Taylor told us on Saturday that he was going to vote for Tony Pulis he's got a vote in the LMA manager of the year and Tony Pulis is getting his tick yeah I'd say Pulis might get one of those two awards anyway yeah, but Rogers, if Liverpool win the league, bringing them from seventh. Yeah. I did yeah. suggest that to him, and uh, he He's still like, nah. sticking by his guns. Scare <laughs> 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 you. Uh, City without. Where's uh, the regular guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's me. <laughs> Where's the less frequent guy? I think it's <laughs> what you were looking for there. Uh, City without Silva, and probably Navas and Nastasic as well, although Yaya Torre could be back, which. Obviously, are factors that could kind of swing it in their favour. Uh, favour City only beat Palace one 0 at the Etihad in December. Uh, but that all said, I'm going for a Manchester City win here. Draw. I would very tentatively go with City. I'm going for a draw. I'm going to go for City. Three City wins and a draw. So that uh, their Saturday games. The early one is so Sunderland. Yes, yeah, Sunderland uh, Cardiff at the Stadium of Light uh, midday. Do we really want to spend a huge amount of time? Well, not a huge amount of time. It's an amazing game. game. <laughs> this is an amazing game. I mean, I, I, I'll be in Marseille. I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch these matches, but I can't wait to see the highlights of this one because whoever wins this relegates Norwich. Yeah. It's absolutely massive. and again and again like the different position that we're in now from a couple of weeks ago. You can make a case for Sunderland. They've beaten City. Uh, they should have beat Chelsea. Cardiff beat Southampton and drew at Stoke last weekend. And again, all of a sudden, there's cause for hope for uh, for both of them. Well, every person who's remotely linked with Norwich City will be saying in a vena that this match ends in a draw because if one or the other, if one of Car- yeah, Cardiff or Sunderland win, maybe the religious ones will obviously. Yes, <laughs> um, I don't know if uh, the the chairperson is overly religious or not I know she's into her cooking Delia, obviously yeah. Delia but I think maybe there's so much importance and so much at stake at this game that they will actually cancel each other out and actually will become a draw because both teams have just come on a little bit of run of form at the moment Sunderland picking four points from six at the Etihad and Stamford Bridge Sunderland is two of the most mind-boggling set of results I've ever seen in the Premier League yeah and it shows that they can do it when they need to and mm. alright earlier in this they've got a great record against teams in the top half which maybe says that their motivation and their mindset wasn't right usually but now at this time of the season when they're so desperate yeah. you would presume that they will be at that level they consistently might even, they might even get a full house for this their home record is dismal it is. but it reminds me of Wigan two seasons ago when they won four of their last six games beat Arsenal beat Manchester United cost United the title in the end 
and I just think Sunderland will maybe edge this one I'm just thinking maybe we should have a change of plan on Sunday Dave is so excited about this game <laughs> yeah. maybe we should send somebody else that's not a bad idea is Marseille on the, by the seaside uh, it is on the south coast yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering lovely, if you lovely city actually Thursday yeah. You know, well yeah Thursday was yesterday I'm just thinking about yourself and Woody having your little romantic pre-match stroll uh, down yeah, by the seaside yes. and you're like sorry Woody we want to go in and maybe sit and watch yeah, can we find can we find an English bar how's, somewhere? How's he got a, you oiling up his, his head with uh, you know just the factor fifty or whatever it is. That <laughs> look at the look of disgust on My McIntyre's God. face. The thought of oiling Woody's head is obviously. I haven't done that edge. in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, what way are you going, Sunderland Cardiff? Draw. I'm going for a draw as well. Uh, Gus Poy, we were talking about the uh, how much the impact the manager can have on on his team. Um, particularly choice quote from him this week. I was a person on the pitch. If I was a, if it was a corner in the last minute, I had a feeling the ball would drop in my head. That was me. So am I going to change now? I.e., the inference is that he isn't, and that Sunderland are going to continue to fight. So I think encouraging words for Sunderland. Uh, but well, he did after the Tottenham that. defeat when they were terrible, despite getting a fluky opening goal. They he said we need a miracle. Yeah, he was. Completely they don't done. need they a don't, miracle he now. Wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't the guy going up for the corner. He was the yeah. guy hanging back on. Screw this. This is over. <laughs> this game is dead, baby. Uh, Saturday at half past twelve, uh, Southampton Everton are the first game here. Southampton, as we mentioned, particularly flat over the last few weeks. They were well beaten by City. They lose to Cardiff. Drew with Villa, which is the ultimate nil nil with Villa. Yeah. Is the ultimate indictment of a team now. Um, and it's coincided some degree, obviously, with the injury to Jay Rodriguez as well. I feel that Everton's need is far the greater, but it'll be interesting to see how Luke Shaw versus Seamus Coleman sort of match up. I think they'll be two of the hottest properties probably over the summer. I was away for Everton's defeat to Palace. Mm. Yeah. Why didn't James McCarthy play? Was he rested he, or he was, was there an injury? Well, no, he had a, a calf problem that just kept him out of the starting eleven, and he was fit enough to start again against United at the weekend. But McGeady, for example, started that game, was taken off at half time. It was just a disastrous night for them, and it was the night that's probably destroyed their season. Ah, they've, they've had a load of those. There have been a load of those performances. But not in the run, the but when you take into account the run that they were on. Sure, in fairness, they'd, they'd won every game. Yeah, that, they'd won the previous six, and then to lose at home to Palace. Obviously, a Palace team we've already talked up, but uh, because they showed again no shame in that day. No. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think it's during their season just yet. I still think that Arsenal aren't gimmies. The rest of the way, well, if I'm Newcastle and West position, Brom at home, you want to you want it to go to the last day of the season and have all the pressure on Arsenal. Yeah, because they're going to just be in with a chance. The last day of the season, Norwich is it? Uh, last day of the season, Arsenal are away to Norwich. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal Norwich fighting to stay up. Norwich will be definitely in with a chance of winning that game and staying up because Villa are thirty five points and they're at thirty two. So well, don't know. forget Everton have to play City as well before that. Their goal difference is really bad before that. So yeah. Everton has to play City. City, yeah. City could be gone. To I'm potentially going for win the league for Liverpool next Saturday. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Come for Everton here, lads. Me what too. Got? Everton. Yes, Everton. Uh, Fulham, Hull. We're just going to quickly run through these ones. Uh, Fulham against Hull at Craven Cottage. Uh, Felix McGath has been doing all right, actually, over the last little while. Uh, and they do tend to score at home, Fulham. And for that reason, I'm going for a home win here. Hull were going to be drinking champagne down the tunnel that time when yeah. he said whoever wins this is safe and then suddenly not actually They won safe. that. They, they did, they won yeah, that yeah. game, yeah. But they're not safe. They're on 36 points and uh, the way things are going, if Fulham beat them, then Fulham are on 33 and Hull are on 36 and suddenly every, they're right back in it. So yeah. I had thought that Hull, because they're in the cup final, they'll be able to just sail into it now. But that's not actually the case. So they're going to have to come and try and kick lumps out of Fulham as well this strikes me as the sort of game that tomorrow when we're talking about it live on air that we'll be sitting there and Fulham will be 2-0 up after 8 minutes and we'll be thinking ah oh, Fulham 
they're safe. Gonna, they're safe and it'll finish three all. Yeah. Big Off the game. ball, two o'clock, Saturday afternoon. You got it. I was watching the Fulham's Tottenham game last weekend and Fulham were excellent. They created a whole host of opportunities and I think they'll win this game. I don't think Hull will ever be sucked into it to the extent of the final day of the season. They're actually for, trying to forget about the FA Cup final because they have to stay up. But they weren't great in the second half, particularly against Arsenal last weekend. So Fulham went two Fulhams, Jar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, convincing. Yeah. Nathan, yeah, Fulham as well. Clean sweep of Fulham's there. Uh, it's West Brom up against West Ham at the Hawthorns. He's one of the three o'clock games. West Ham lost to Palace last weekend. Boot no off nil. the pitch. Ray Houghton uh, was telling us that. Allardyce doesn't understand that there's a style of play that West Ham fans expect to see. Um, and Screw then, them. And then yeah. went on to make do they want to play in the championship? You see, this is an, Sometimes like, I that's think an interesting do. question, right? Like, I, I, okay, the, the ultimate answer to it is, of course, no. But do they want to pay whatever it is? What is it to a Premier League game? 50 Difference. quid. Yeah, right. So 40, 50 quid to go to Upton Park every week and just watch shocking football week it's, in, week out. It's not going to be shocking forever. The club was going to go down it needed stabilisation in comes Big Sam it's taken time he's building a style of play but in the transfer window this is a guy who had JJ Okacha and Yuri Jorkiev and a lot of actually interesting players playing at Bolton and nobody complained about the fact that they they were just route one because he's got Andy Carroll on the team and because they're very hard to beat and they don't concede goals and they're not involved in exciting games it's immediately classified as rubbish and because half Almost half the half who aren't Spurs fans are all West Ham fans who uh, the London-based media. As a result, they get increasingly uh, pilloried in the press, and this picture builds up of like, ah, oh, they're shit. I watch it's terrible. But people, I, I, you don't read a huge amount of criticism of Sam Allardyce. I, he's a bit of a oh, non-stop, non-stop criticism of 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 the his tactics. Of yeah. yeah, but and not of Sam man. Allardyce. Well, the Ravel Morrison piece that uh, Danny Taylor in the Guardian. I, I kind of felt that went against, went, it went against the grain of generally what's written about him that he mm. managed the situation not so well. And well, I don't know. You said that you don't read about it a lot, and that was like one of the most read pieces on the internet. Yeah. Uh, five months back. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think well, if you're West Ham, anyways, you keep Sam Allardyce till he moves to the Olympic stadiums, and next thing you have a load more money, yeah. and anything is possible. Yeah. Right. A draw. I, um, draw for Dave. Draw. West Brom. Uh, and I'm going for West Brom as well. Uh, Swansea, Aston Villa, we're going to need one word answers here. I'm going for uh, Swansea win. Villa. Swansea. Swansea. And the last game that we're going to look at is Stoke uh, against Tottenham. I'm going to go for a draw here. Nathan? Tottenham. I'm going to go for Stoke. Sure, which way are you going? It's a good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm undecided on this one. Stoke. God yes. Stoke. We got there. Lads, enjoy your weekends. Cheers. Cheers.